do I charge a car? Can I charge it in the rain? How far can I drive? Electric car? What's a power grid? Is V2G possible? What is V2G? Do I get free parking for my EV? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Electric Avenue, a podcast about the electric mobility revolution and the new energy economy as seen from our perspective out here in Central and Eastern Europe. I'm your host, Aaron Fishbone, Communications Director at Electric Mobility Charging Service Provider Greenway, based in Bratislava, Slovakia. Electric Avenue is a podcast about e-mobility, the everyday use of electric vehicles, the small initiatives, as well as the bigger picture, and how to hasten the uptake of electric vehicles. We look at it from our professional and geographic standpoints, as a charging station operator, working every day to serve our customers and grow the electric mobility ecosystem, and working out here in this region of Central and Eastern Europe. And joining me in the studio today, the man behind all of what I just said, Greenway's co-founder and managing partner, Peter Bodig. Hello, hi, Aaron. We've already done a show about Slovakia and Hungary and the state of electric mobility there. We've done shows about Ukraine and Slovenia. And today we're going to be journeying further through the region towards Bulgaria. Before we do, let's stop by the office for the latest news. We're lucky to have some of our Polish colleagues visiting us to come work with us for a little while. So let's go hear from them a little bit about what they're doing down here, get some perspectives on what's going on in Poland. Hold on. Hey guys, down to talk with our podcast listeners for a few minutes about electric mobility in Poland and what you're doing down here. Super, thank you. My name is Grzegorz and I'm responsible for customer service uh, in Poland. And I'm here to uh, improve our department and uh, managing. Grzegorz. What are you working on then with your counterpart here in Slovakia? We are focused on reporting because re- when we know what our clients needs, so we can uh, give them tools and functionality. And thanks to this, our service can be user-friendly. So you're doing things like developing common reporting metrics for Slovakia and Poland, is that it? Exactly. And uh, our motto is that we know before. So. We need to try, find out what a client needs, what client expect, and uh, we should call the client before client will call to us. <laughs> That's almost like artificial intelligence already. Yeah, but... Uh, it's happened sometimes. We had a situation. One uh, of my colleagues from asset management gave me information that uh, in one of the charger, the client has a problem. And I identify the client, I call him, and he was really very surprised. And it's something we should achieve. Surprise effect. Wow effect. Wow, indeed. <laughs> Maciej, what about you? Maciej Gajewski, I'm the management director in Poland. And I come here to align some things with uh, our colleagues in uh, Slovakia. We mostly discuss uh, the asset management problems and the challenges we have with our IT systems regarding the billing system, the customer service. And has it been successful in your time down here so far? Yeah, of course. We've done a lot of work. 
We've been working for uh, three whole days and the major outcome from our meeting is that it is much better to meet in person than uh, to work uh, through video conferencing because uh, that's why we can uh, work much more effectively. And we can have dinner together. Yes, and we are, of course, we, have, we, we can have uh, dinner together and we can find out that Slovakia has uh, really great wines. We are very happy to introduce you to Slovak wine. Wonderful guys. Have a great trip back home. Now we're back and we're ready to dive into our main topic today, and that is the electric mobility landscape of Bulgaria, a country of some 7 million people where the first electric vehicles came some 10 years ago. But the mental breakthrough, the real acceptance among a core of the population, the fact that the electric mobility revolution was real and was coming only started about three to four years ago, which is even quite early, frankly, and it's still developing very, very much. We're lucky to catch up with an expert on this topic. I'm Martin Zaimov, and I'm co-chair the Bulgarian Electric Mobility Association. There are about a thousand electric vehicles in Bulgaria. There are a growing number of electric buses for public transport. So, yes, you do see them on the street, but 1,000 versus the 3.5 million vehicles altogether is very far from the European average of 1%, which would mean over 30,000 vehicles. So we still have a great potential ahead of us. Peter, where does that put Bulgaria in relation to other countries in Central and Eastern Europe? I think it fits exactly the numbers of other countries in CE. Slovakia, for example, which is a nation of 5 million people, Bulgaria is 7 million people, has about 920 electric vehicles registered as of end of uh, 2018. We are talking about the pure electric vehicles, not the hybrids. So it somehow fits to this picture. You know, on the streets of Bratislava, I've started seeing battery electric buses for the first time uh, in the last, I don't know, two, three months, maybe. Is that new to the scene here in Slovakia? Definitely it is, because this is, I think, the, one of the first electric buses which runs really in day-to-day -day operation. And I think the electric buses in general is a big surprise in electromobility, because actually it's moving much, much faster than expected. It is a very nice segment. Uh, naturally leading in China, that's without any doubt. But even in uh, cities of Europe, these buses are still more and more common. We'll be paying our attention more to buses and how they develop throughout the region. But back to Bulgaria now. There's definitely room for improvement, obviously. And what are the hurdles in Bulgaria? What's going on there? We asked Martin. In my mind, the difficulty for electric mobility... I would start with habits, people's habits. There's a certain number of people attached to their cars and not thinking about the potential of electric cars. This is number one. And related to that is the capacity and willingness of OEMs, which is the industry making cars, to adapt to any change. There aren't enough cars and there isn't enough willingness on behalf of a sufficient number of people to, to go ahead. Peter, this is something we're starting to hear again and again and again, these two themes that, on one hand, there's not enough willingness on behalf of the people to take a chance and, uh, let's say, experiment with an electric vehicle and take that leap, or not enough of the people. And at the same time, there's not enough of supply of pure electric vehicles for them to choose from. What's going on here? Well, we have it in every episode, I think, and probably that's because it's true. That's my view as well. We do not have enough models, and uh, in, even if we have certain models, then they are not definitely sold in decent quantity in Central Eastern Europe. So I think we need just to keep repeating that uh, this is a problem. And actually, it uh, was recognized as well by 
regulators. So as you know, we discussed this in this uh, series that there is a new regulation uh, for clean vehicles and how the automotive industry should produce them. And there is an incentive for OEMs to place clean vehicles, electric vehicles, to the countries of Central and Eastern Europe. I mean, do you think that this is a problem that is specific to this region? I think it's widespread. I keep listening it all around Europe. And even in Norway, they have a short supply of models, which some people would like to buy. But I think it's even more visible here because... The uh, markets in Europe, in case of automotive, are segmented. There are preferred markets where they are trying to push the new vehicles or new models. And uh, some markets come uh, a little bit later on, maybe with lower uh, marketing budget. And that's a known fact. And uh, it's affecting this fact as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll keep investigating this, obviously. In electric vehicles, the connection of where to charge is intimately connected to the vehicles and the vehicle supply. We asked Martin what the situation with charging infrastructure was like in Bulgaria. It would be good to have more charging stations. And the charging stations are the best place where public money could be usefully spent. So in Bulgaria, there are more than 100 charging stations across the country. So, you know, with respect to 1,000 vehicles, this is a normal number. So it's not the lack of charging stations, although we, the association, are working very hard to increase that number. And let's say by the end of next year, we expect there to be 250 chargings. But let's say in Bulgaria, this is not the main obstacle. Two points he makes here. One is the number of charging stations to the ratio of vehicles. And he says that there are 100 chargers to 1,000, but still it's a big country. Does this make sense to you? It's very hard to say what is the good ratio. It depends on many things. It depends on uh, where the people live. Do they live in the countryside or more in the cities? In the cities, do they have own flats or do they have own parking places or not? As well, important the size of the country and as well the stage of development of electromobility because in the first stage you need a certain saturation. You need to build the nationwide network so that people can travel all around the country. And maybe at that point you have more charges comparing to electric vehicles uh, than it's necessary or than it's in the later stages, let's say. Building that core network is what allows people to have the confidence that they can go from A to B to C to D with using their electric vehicle and they'll have a place to recharge somewhere. Yes, this is definitely one of the first bottleneck which you tackle that if you open the map of a Poland uh, or in this country, bigger Central, countries, bigger yeah. countries uh, two years ago, there was a few, 10 fast chargers. So literally, if you wanted to travel from one part of the country to another, it took several days because you were not able to fast charge. You would need to stop somewhere. So the best thing which you can do as a first thing is to cover the country with a reasonable distance between the chargers. And then for the first time, people can see that, okay, I can really travel all around. And this is important thing. The second point he makes is about the proper role of public investment. Any kind of a public support into the charging infrastructure is, especially in the early stage, quite important. But as well, looking forward, I think the charging infrastructure is as well a very good place for public investment. So the public bodies, being a cities, governments, could really make an investment into the public infrastructure in the same way as they are doing the investment into the roads or into the city lights or broadband, whatever, whatever, water, yeah. water, Sewers. for example. But what is important to distinguish is to who is really doing the investment and who is then managing this investment. And maybe it's a similar as an investment into the city lights. City or public body is investing and there is a professional organization who maintain and taking care for the charging equipment. Yeah, this culture we need to build going forward, that infrastructure is public infrastructure, even if it's privately managed in some cases, so that it is sustainable, maintained, clean, upgraded. 
So we've gotten a little bit ahead of Martin here. He has a few comments to make on this point. The best way for public authorities to influence is by example and by uh, regulations, but not regulations in the direction of subsidies. Subsidies is yours and my and everybody's uh, money being used for something which someone decides. It's not a good idea. It's the best thing they can do is, let's say, you can render uh, access to certain areas of the city only for electric cars. You can render uh, parking temporarily, let's say, for a number of years, free of charge. There are many things you can do, but example is probably the best thing you can do. If you have your prime minister or your mayor drive an electric car, that will change the mindset of many people. So like I said, we got a little ahead of Martin there, and uh, I'm not sure if it was because of the birds that were chirping behind him, or was it a baby in the back room? I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, hopefully it's very nice of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here we are in the middle of winter. But, um, you know, he said something else that we hear all the time and probably can't overstate enough. The role of example of public leaders in helping publicize electric vehicles and also leading by example. Very much true. And I think we somehow used to forget these things because we are so much in a topic that still majority of people never use electric vehicles. Probably they saw it already, fortunately, but never use it, never drive it. And uh, there is a lot of myths around electric vehicles. Maybe we can uh, use one episode just to be a mythbusters. I think that's a great idea. Peter, you look like a mythbuster right now. <laughs> the one without hair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you a helmet next time, but yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing which uh, should be repeated again and again, that what electric vehicles are, what the advantages, and exactly as, as was said, the best thing is the example. So there are other incentives um, or other ways of leading by example that are also supportive. And here's what Martin has to say about them in Bulgaria. Free parking, and uh, there have been some subsidies for electric cars for public organizations, for municipalities, ministries, uh, that's it basically. There has been some support and some help in uh, providing locations for charging stations. We don't necessarily expect anything more. Finally, as we talk about how to publicize and really have people have their early experiences with electric vehicles, we can look at the role of electric vehicle car sharing services, especially in denser urban areas, as one of the low-hanging fruits and one of the first experiences that many, many people will have with an electric vehicle. Here's Martin. There is now a successful scheme for electric car sharing, like car-to-go system, uh, and it's growing very fast. So there will be, particularly in Sofia, maybe in other, like one or two other big cities, there certainly will be a very large usage of this kind of system where you, with a phone app, you just open the car and you leave it in a certain area of the city. So this kind of system will grow very fast. So he seems very excited about the role of electric vehicle car sharing services as being a driver for an increased use of electric mobility. How do you feel? Well, I hope so. It could be a true. We'll see. At the moment, what I can say is I'm happy that we already have in Slovakia uh, this kind of services. There is a 200 uh, Nissan Leaf in Wroclaw uh, under the name Vozila as a car sharing scheme there. So I'm really excited about this development. BMW, Mercedes, both have car sharing services. I mean, this is worldwide, not just in this region or in Europe, this is very much a trend that's that's taking place, is these, especially in denser urban areas, car sharing services. Um, it's all part of the trend towards sharing economy and frankly, the lack of a need necessarily to have your own personal vehicle. So with all these efforts, slowly but surely, according to Martin, the mindset and the perception of electric vehicles in Bulgaria is changing. We did several surveys. The main question that we were asking is awareness and we 
we've seen that grow. But on the other hand, we also have seen related to that a, a growing willingness to use electric cars. We have this 10-year experience and we've seen the mindset change. And the interest of the public is much greater than before. And there are a very fast-growing number of cars being second-hand cars being imported as well. So we are moving in, in a logical direction. And the mindset will change. I have no idea whether mindsets can change quicker. You know, it took, uh, it took 50 years for people to change their mindset from supporting communism to hating it. So, Peter, is becoming an electric vehicle driver the equivalent of going from being pro-communism to ultimately being anti-communist? Well, I think it needs a bit change of mind, but I wouldn't make a really a big issue out of it. Everybody who tries electric vehicles figure out it's easy to drive, it's fun to drive, it's good for environment and everything. So I think we need to do just a small step. It's not really uh, reinventing the wheel. That's right. And I mean, many of these are many, many, many individual small steps with many, many individual customers. We had a customer who received an invoice from us that was incorrect. And when we followed up, he paid it though. And when we followed up with this customer to let him know about the mistake in the invoice that he had overpaid, he declined. He said, no, 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 no. I really appreciated the service. I want you to keep it and reinvest it back into the network. And that was a really wonderful moment for us. It's not, of course, all customers all the time, but it's still a wonderful story. And that's our journey. <laughs> that was fluffy. So thank you for commercial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My favorite my commercial. <laughs> So that's our journey through Bulgaria. We learned a lot through this tour, and I want to really thank Martin Zymov, co-chair of the Bulgarian Electric Vehicle Association, for granting us that interview and giving us that expert insight into the electric mobility situation in Bulgaria. Now, we're also up on iTunes as well as SoundCloud, and so you can follow us on either of those platforms, rate and review us there, let us know any feedback that you might have about the show. Additionally, you can reach us at my email, which is aaron.fishbone at greenwaynetwork.com or tweet at us at gwoperator.com. Finally, I want to thank Peter for joining me here in the studio. Thank you, Aaron. My pleasure as always. And want to thank our wonderful producer, Katarina Urban-Richterova. I want to thank the production team here at K2 Zvuk in Bratislava. And I want to thank all of the electric vehicle drivers out there in the region for making all of this possible. I'm Aaron Fishbone. Until next time, wish you many happy and safe electric kilometers. Hey, hey, hey.